0: Hey, welcome back everybody to the Seeking Refuge podcast. Um exciting episode today. Uh we're still in the spiritual warfare series and uh we we've got uh we've done several episodes in this series and I kind of believe the Lord just keeps giving them to me. So <clears throat> I don't know about you, but since we started the study, I've definitely had spiritual warfare happening in my life a little bit. It's uh intensified a little bit. I expected that to happen. Um We've had uh, several good episodes. We've had a little bit of testimony in the, in the future. I've got a few more guests lined up to share some testimony um, on the podcast. So look forward to that. Keep tuning in every week. I want to uh, thank everybody who's been faithful, who's following the podcast, and doing these Bible studies with me. Um, I hope they're a blessing to you. And uh, they certainly bless me. And... Uh, it's really encouraging and I enjoy doing it I mean you know I'm not uh, I don't have advertisements and promotions so everybody that tunes in is strictly by word of mouth or you may know me personally or you're friends with me on Facebook or something Um, it's you know it's not very many of us but uh, but it's certainly uh, it's not a waste of time that's for sure it's uh, definitely good and uh, I mean it just one of the motivations for me is I'm studying the Bible. I feel God's given me things to share with others. And, um, you know, I think there's, we have this, you know, routine where we, you know, a lot of us will go to church on Sundays or whatever. And then we have our work week and everything going on. And uh, I've just, honestly, I have a hard time finding really solid, good, doctrinally sound uh, studies to listen to during the week like I'm a truck driver so I have a lot of time to listen to things and and so I was just motivated to do the studies and and just share them Mm -hmm. to whoever wants to glean off of the wisdom that God is sharing with me Um, I'm nothing special just a regular guy doing Bible studies on a podcast but I'm sure thankful for everybody that that listens and I pray for everybody that listens as well I hope you continue to pray for me that God will keep using me and, and keep helping me uh, find more edifying Bible studies to share. So it's good. This is a Seeking Refuge podcast. If you've never tuned in, I'm Brian Swinford, and uh, this is where we're coming together, uh, seeking refuge from the world in God's unchanging Word. And the theme verse for our podcast is Psalm 91 verse two I will save the Lord he is my refuge and my fortress my God in him will I trust you got to trust in God today and um, more so now than ever before because things are pretty crazy out there so anyway thank you for tuning in um, we're gonna start out today this this episode we're actually gonna have two parts so I'm gonna do some of it today and some of it. Uh, probably next week sometime. And because uh, it's, I started into it and I'm like, there's no way I'm fitting all this into one episode. But we're going to be talking about unforgiveness and bitterness and also what to do if you're mad at God. Somebody says, who can ever be mad at God? You know, things can happen in our life and sometimes people can get mad at God. Um, and we're going to we're going to address some of that so that's probably going to come up on the second part next week Um, but this week so we're going to start this topic why is this in the spiritual warfare series well the bible tells us very clearly unforgiveness and bitterness does a lot to defile a christian hinder a christian's growth um, can make us stagnant Uh, it can be uh, it can even be hypocrisy Um, there's just a lot of things that we fail at if we have an unforgiving heart or bitterness in our soul Um, and so the Bible gives us resources to address it and we're just gonna look at scripture about it and and go from there so um, starting out there's so much there's just so much Bible to go over with this but we're gonna start out let's go to Matthew chapter 18 go to Matthew 18 the Gospel of Matthew and I'll say a word of prayer and then we'll get started on it a lot of scripture So we don't have time to waste do we? All right, Matthew chapter 18 I'll tell you what I'll go ahead and read some verses here verses 21 through 35 And then we'll pray in and we'll uh, get started on the study all right 18 Starting in verse 21, Matthew 18, verse 21, reads this Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times? Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. You know, that's such a fascinating exchange. And, it, you know, Peter's thought he was being clever, right? You know, seven times in a day, Jesus says, no, until 70 times seven. And, you know, what Jesus is saying is, I don't want you to forgive your brother 490 times, right? Um, I think what he's getting at is, there's a certain point while you're counting that you lose count. And so he's basically saying, Unlimited. You just keep forgiving your brother um, it's not 490 times but unlimited um, unlimited forgiveness however there's administration to forgiveness and so we're going to get into that but Jesus is, is being very clear like um, we're supposed to be as forgiving to others as God is to us alright um, verse 23 therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which would take account of his servants, and when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him ten thousand talents. Um, that's ten thousand talents. This in this in this time setting here, um, that is a immense debt to God. Basically, he owed three thousand percent more than Galilee's total revenue. Okay, an immense debt can I tell you something today as unforgiven sinners we owe an immense debt that we cannot pay to God this 10,000 talents yeah he can't pay that back there's no way it's too much our sin debt to God is too much we cannot pay that back It's, it's it's more than we can pay all right so here's what happens but for as much as he had not to pay his lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made the servant therefore fell down and worshiped him saying lord have patience with me and i will pay thee all i wonder how many times we ask the lord to be patient with our <laughs> with our sins and uh and we'll we'll get better we'll do better right um you know the the thing about this is it's an illustration we are sold under sin sold in the bondage and we need redemption but here the servant understanding his great debt understanding the authority that his Lord has over the debt is worshiping um, and listen to what happened then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt now I'll tell you this this is a literal story of a literal k- king ruler who actually did this how much more compassion does Christ have on the sinner? if God can move the heart of this king to forgive this servant of this great debt moved with compassion um, forgiving him the debt How much more compassion does our Lord have loosing us from our bondage? Loosing us, uh, you know, we're sold under sin. And and the Bible says that we are set free. We are made free in Christ, okay? So, obviously, the illustration here is this guy who was forgiven the 10,000 talents should be extremely grateful and thankful Because look at this great debt the king has forgiven him. So here's verse 28. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants which owed him a hundred pence, just a little, just a a couple cents compared to his great debt. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest that's not a very good illustration of the same kind of compassion that was given to him is it and his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him saying have patience with me and I will pay thee all and he would not but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt so when his fellow servants saw what was done they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desiredest me. Should not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth, and delivered him to the tormentors, till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you if ye from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses so a couple things here and this is uh this is big it's an illustration when we understand how much God has forgiven us because of our faith in Christ we should be able to find it in our hearts to forgive others that transgress us or trespass against us right um, and I think it's pretty funny. You know, uh, not a personal situation, but I've noticed this over several years of ministry. How many preachers will get in the pulpit and preach forgiveness to their congregation. But then some brother in the ministry does something and they never let it go. How, you're preaching forgive people for things way worse than brother so-and-so who rebuked you because he didn't like something you preached or you know because it you know, I, whatever i mean some of the silliest stuff you know uh, a deacon and a pastor or whatever somebody crosses paths their pastor never and the pastor never forgives the person he always holds something against them because of it um that's not that's not a good biblical example but I have seen that happen I'm not saying I know anybody specifically that's doing that right now but I have seen it um, in the past I personally I think there's a couple people out there that have held something against brother Brian a few a few years too longer than they should have but um, you know hey whatever preach forgiveness to your congregation just make sure you can practice what you preach Uh, that's all about that but I you know it's it's interesting but here's here's another thing that i want uh want people to pull away from this too so there's this idea out there that um if you don't forgive everybody that's ever wrongs you jesus won't save you Uh, right they draw that interpretation look at verse 35 so likewise shall my heavenly father do unto you if you from your hearts don't forgive everyone their trespasses then he's going to take you, bind you up, throw you in hell, and, and that's just going to be it for you. You can't you can't be saved. That's not actually doctrinally or dispensationally correct in your study. Okay, um, Again, when you're dealing with Jesus teaching his disciples, you're dealing with Jesus teaching Israel. He's teaching the Jews. Are the principles there for us to pull away that we need to be forgiving? Absolutely. But the dispensation of grace... And the revelation that was given to Paul tells us very clearly that we are saved by grace through faith, not of works. I want to tell you something. Forgiveness is a work. Um, And the idea that I have to go... When I'm under conviction of my sin and I'm having an exchange with Christ for the forgiveness of sins, I don't have to sit there and start forgiving every single person. That's putting a cart before the horse. Alright, so... There are judgments to Israel that are different than the judgments to the church, because there's a dip because there's prophecy concerning Israel and, ch- and the church is the subject of the great mystery kept secret from the foundations of the world. Okay, it is diff- God does deal with the Jews and the church differently. With that said, um, you know, in this dispensation of grace. Um, The Jew is responsible for responding to the gospel the same way the Gentile is. There's no difference. But you got to understand that the judgments in the millennial kingdom are, are different. And so Christ has teachings concerning divine judgments for the believer and then also judgments for Israel. So I just need you to understand that if you're convicted about your sin and your need for Christ, that you're a sinner and you need forgiveness, there is nothing else other than you going to God, going to Christ in that moment and asking for salvation. That, that's the only thing holding you back is yourself. Um, there's not a checklist of other things that you have to do first. Now, once you've gotten saved and you've received that forgiveness, I promise you this... Your heart will be so much lighter. The burden will be so lifted that it'll make you want to begin the process of forgiving others. But if you, but Jesus understands that sometimes forgiveness is a process. Um, that's especially the case in severe wrongdoing. If you've been, you know, I'm talking if something terrible has happened to you uh, at the hands of another person. Um, God's not standing there saying well I would save you but until you forgive that person for uh, murdering your family member or raping you or whatever then I'm sorry you're going to hell no that's not that's not it's not correct teaching all right so I, I think it's important to explain these things because I've heard this before Oh, I forgave him because I have to that's not actually forgiveness I hate to tell you that's you looking for uh, spiritual superiority um, that's not real forgiveness Real forgiveness is the understanding that, um, you know, in terms of believer to believer forgiveness, your brother's wronged you. It's the understanding um, that none of us are perfect, and sometimes we go about things in kind of a odd way. And um, you know what? It, you should. It should be immediate. Like, okay, we should look into ourselves to be like, okay. My brother didn't mean to do that or whatever. Or in the case of a misstep, it's the understanding that all of us are capable of misstepping. And um, in the event that we do, we don't want somebody holding that against us, right? Because none of us are perfect. We need Jesus. So that's that. So we got three steps in administering forgiveness. So now this is going to deal, this is going to kind of deal with. uh, with the specific issue of being, you know, how, how often should I forgive my brother if he sinned against me? And, um, you know, seven times is not that unusual, uh, of grace. All right. God's forgiven us many more times than that. Um, we know Jesus was basically saying indefinitely, uh, keep forgiving until you lose track and then keep forgiving after that. Um, because by the time your brother gets to 490 times, you would have forgotten how many times he's wronged you anyway. Uh, so, here's your three steps, and, there, and I'll give you some scripture, you write it down. First, when a brother wrongs me or sins against me, I need to forgive him immediately in my heart, all right? That's Ephesians chapter 4:32. okay? Listen to what I'm saying here. Man, my brother just wronged me the way he did this. Okay, <clears throat> I'm gonna go to the Lord, Lord help me I forgive this person I give them to you Lord help me not have unforgiveness in my heart towards him and I think I did now I just mentioned this I I just talked about praying and I forgot to pray into the lesson but we're gonna get to praying at some point a lot of scripture on my mind so I'm trying to get through it Uh, but help me Lord not to hold unforgiveness in my heart towards this person Um, This immediate forgiveness frees us from any bitter, unforgiving uh, spirit. And then it leaves the matters on the shoulders of the person who committed the wrongdoing. Alright? Here's step two. While we have forgiven the person in our heart, we don't go to them and tell them, Oh, I forgave you because I have to. We don't go to them and say, Oh, I forgave you. Because that's not righteous to administer uh, forgiveness publicly. Um, The only time you're to say, I've forgiven you, is after, if if this person's wronged you, is after this person has repented for the wrongdoing. Um, And that, and so at that point, um, if they've, you know, if they've repented or if they show a repentant heart, you're obligated to go to them and rebuke them in love, hoping to lead them to confession of the sin, all right? And as soon as they apologize and confess the sin, then you tell them they're forgiven. That's, that's biblical administration. Look at Luke 17 verse three and Luke 17 verse four. Now here's where things can get a little bit funny. There are times when somebody goes about doing something You may not like how they went about doing it, but if it's not clearly unbiblical the way they went about doing it, you can't hold them in unforgiveness assuming that they've done something wrong if in their heart, their conscience is clear and they don't feel they've done anything wrong. So in other words, don't be petty. Don't lodge a bunch of unprincipled complaints about formalities or the way somebody does this, does that if you can clearly see that there was a strategic reasoning or a, a principled way of going about it that was some kind of an application of wisdom in an attempt to do something the right way, if you don't agree with it, okay, fine, get over it. that That's seriously, get over it, because that's what the Bible's telling us. That immediate forgiveness in our heart, okay, forgiven our heart, you know what? <laughs> Or I don't like the way my brother went about this, but I'm going to forgive him. Then the next assessment is, how serious of a matter was it, and do I need to to take any further step in the matter? Um, It's like I said, if you can see, give your brother or your sister some latitude. If you see that what they're trying to accomplish and what they're trying to do, is to accomplish a right outcome, in other words, to do something right, to stand for something right, then that person has not willingly or willfully sinned against you, okay? So when we get into this issue of, um, well, they not repenting, this and that, okay, listen, if the person is clear conscience before God, they haven't done anything wrong, but they're still humble enough to say, you know what, I'm sorry that you don't agree with the way I've been about this, i did not mean to offend you or hurt you you need to accept that as the apology and leave the rest up to god and walk away from that too many churches have been split divided ripped apart over these kind of things because you know sometimes we just go about things in peculiar ways and and every church is a little bit different um but you know i'm tired of seeing you know christians that because they don't like the way the changes came in the church or you know the way they went about switching uh, sunday school teachers the color of the carpet uh they went from a wood pulpit to a, a glass one um i wasn't there for the vote uh all these things and man it's just it's not what the lord wants from us all right so there's your three steps in administering forgiveness When we're dealing with a a serious wrong, all right, somebody gossiped you, said something incorrect about you, that would be a more egregious wrongdoing. Um, You know, our pastors said there's, you know, there's three kinds of sins, you know, there's the sins we knew we were going to do it and did it, or we didn't realize that we were doing something wrong, Uh, you know, a sin of ignorance. Um sin of accident you know an accidental sin uh so you know all these things need to be weighed in our consideration of the matter and can i give you this advice today the best way to sort through all of that before we respond to anything that's happened to us is to pray and sort out the matter with god in prayer so that we understand in wisdom what exactly we're looking at Before we go, you know, diving in self-righteously, demanding, um, you know, uh, I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but, you know, sometimes we, we we just jump all over things and we blow it out of proportion, and it doesn't need to be like that. So, yeah, so there's your three steps there's some powerful illustration there in Matthew 18 I really like that let's go to another place Um, in Hebrews chapter 12 this kind of touches on the dangers of unforgiveness Hebrews chapter 12 and look at verse um, 15 this is this one really gets me so it says here Hebrews 12 verse 15 looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. That is, I mean, that's powerful scripture. So, we're to look at verse 14. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. All right, so we need to follow peace. We need to live holy. We need to be aware. We need to look diligently, all right? <clears throat> um... We need to pay attention to our surroundings, what's happening. And it says this, um, that we can fail of the grace of God. Now, that's kind of what that servant did when the king forgave him the enormous debt. Then he turned around and wouldn't forgive his servant of a minuscule portion. And that was failing of the grace. That was failing, right? That was failing in grace. Um... And so, I don't know if I have any other, I do kind of have some more notes on on Hebrews chapter twelve. So there, when we're failing, when we're failing at grace, when we're having an unforgiving heart, right, it's a root, all right, of bitterness. The the root, it's planted, it grows, it springs up in our life, and then it causes us trouble. A bitter person is a troubled person. They're troubled on the inside. They're troubled in their mind. Um, and it can trouble their ability to receive the word of God when it's priest. It can trouble their ability to worship when they're singing. It can trouble their ability to pray effectively. It is a severed fellowship with the Father. Um, and and that's, it's a dangerous place. That root of bitterness, we have to keep it out. We have to keep it out of our households out of our marriages, out of our relationships with our children. You know, our, our kids are prone to do things that tear us up inside, especially it, when they get older. They start to become adults. Here's the thing, we gotta forgive. That's, you know, do those three steps, the three uh, uh, administrative steps of forgiveness and understand that they're kids and, and they're gonna learn a lot of lessons the hard way. That's just the way most of us are I mean I did I'm sure you did too Um, but what we're trying to keep out is strife and defilement and and that's a clear warning follow peace with all men the opposite of peace to me would be strife Um, and it says here when the root of bitterness it springs up causes trouble you know what else it does it defiles Uh, and it says it defiles many Uh, it defiles others um you know, it, it's uh it's something. So, you know, f- think about this, failing at the grace of God. That's somebody that, well they look like a Christian, right? They talk like a Christian, they profess to be a Christian, but really there's things happening that might suggest they're not really a Christian. I know that hurts but that's kind of the way the way it looks is you know some people have not they don't display a working knowledge or appreciation or understanding of what God has actually done for them in Christ alright so you know in all honesty we're going to connect some other things here um, I'm going to make a case in the next episode that um, out of Hebrews chapter 12, if you look down a little further, we'll read a few more verses. <clears throat> look at this. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Now, check this out. Verse 16. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright for ye know how that afterwards when he would have inherited the blessing he was rejected for he found no place of repentance though he sought it carefully with tears Um, so we've got strife defilement unforgiveness failing at grace bitterness all connected uh, in the unforgiving spirit of a person all right now listen to this now this is connected to a lack of repentance leads to fornication profanity and apostasy though that is that is serious that is what that Bible those Bible verses just told us the example is Esau sold his birthright he was up he was in apostasy he he says he carefully sought it with tears he couldn't repent he was a profane person and a fornicator um, I'm telling you these are all connected uh, with each other so I think then you could make the case biblically that unforgiveness is in essence connected to pridefulness because pride is also connected to fornication and profanity and a lack of repentance and apostasy. So and we know really, I mean, you know, most of us understand in our studies that pride is really a source of all sin, right? So but those those things are those things are major. So big warnings there. So I want to give you this. I want you to hold on to this. Forgiveness does not justify the person who wronged you. It releases you from the burden of holding on to what happened. Okay? Forgiveness does not justify the per- the one who wronged you. It only releases you from the burden of holding on to what happened. You don't have to carry that burden. You don't have to live with that on your shoulders. You can be set free. You don't need those chains on you holding you back. You don't need bitterness in your life. You don't need the trouble that that causes, all right? So forgiving is going to God and saying, God, I give this person to you, I'm hurt by them, I've been wronged by them, but I'm gonna give this whole situation over to you. Take it off my shoulders, Lord, I forgive them, I don't wanna hold on to it anymore, help me, and then take care of it, Lord. Plead my cause, Lord and deal with it for me because the Bible clearly says God says in his word vengeance is mine saith the Lord alright now let me give you one more if Jesus is your savior he gave up everything for you he died for you he died to forgive you he suffered on the cross for you so get this don't let the one who hurt you have a bigger role in your life than the one who saved you don't let the person who hurt you Have a bigger impact in your decisions, in your day-to-day activities, in your worship. Don't let them hinder your worship. Don't let them hinder you in church. Don't let them have a bigger role in your life than the one who saved you. Because he's everything and the one that we're supposed to look to. So, the last thing I want to touch on here is God's forgiving character. And in the next episode, we're going to look at judicial verse parental forgiveness Um, We're going to look at bearing with one another Uh, We're going to look at things that we have to put away in order to Develop the spiritual fruits need to be effective in the area of forgiveness Uh, You have to put some things you, You know, you have to get some things out in order to replace them with things that God wants spiritual fruits, right? So we'll be talking about that and then we'll be talking about some things to do if you're in a situation where you're mad at God, okay? So we've kind of broken this up half and half. Well, let's look at God's forgiving character. Uh, let me find my Bible here, and we'll look at it. in Psalm 86. Let's go to Psalm 86. And then we'll pray, and we'll wrap it up for today. Psalm 86. Let's see where I want to read from. Look at verse 5. For thou, Lord, art good. Yes, he is good. And ready to forgive, and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Look at that forgiving character. God is not just forgiving and merciful but he's ready to forgive and he's plenteous in mercy Um, you know the Bible says he's long suffering he's patient he's forgiving, he's compassionate and we need to imitate those characteristics in our own life um, so that we can be a blessing to others and display God's forgiveness in our life amen show the world that we understand how much god actually forgave us <clears throat> and instead of holding things against people remember that none of us are perfect all of us have failed all of sinned and come short of the glory of god all of us need the savior all of us need god in our life um you just have to show that understanding that I know I'm not perfect so I don't expect anybody else to be perfect and uh and you know what some some stuff is serious and more serious than others some stuff has to be dealt with more seriously than others you know as, as from a pastoral standpoint as a pastor myself um <clears throat> you know a simple dispute about a misunderstanding or a technicality or formality in the way something was done does not have more weight on it than a situation where, um, you know, somebody's really in, in sin somehow, you know. Uh, I'm not going to treat a gossip situation in the church the same way I'm going to treat a substance abuse situation. I'm not going to treat, um, you know, somebody got, somebody from church got caught giving somebody a hand gesture in traffic, (laughs) Uh, uh, that's sad to say that happens, um, but that's not the same as an abuse situation or, you know, uh, somebody who's in, Pornography and their marriage is falling apart because of it. We understand that you know some stuff should be easier to let go than others, and some stuff has to be dealt with differently than others. Um, and so that's just the way it is. And you know we don't always go about things in a way that everybody agrees with. And I'll be honest with you, um, we are never going to. To please everyone all the time it's just not gonna happen right uh, you go to somebody and you say hey listen you did this um, and they're like well you shouldn't have, you came to me you should have gone to pastor well, some people think if you go to the pastor before you go to them that you wrong so you really don't know I mean there's just no, no way around it you know what I mean when it comes down to the ugly stuff that has to get addressed from time to time it really doesn't matter Um, because no matter what you do somebody's not gonna be happy about it (laughs) it's just the way it is and you know what I've been put in situations in my life where I really wasn't happy about it Um, I've been dealt with pretty upfront and and blunt you know uh, about certain things I was doing as a young Christian and you know what I had to come to a place of humility and say you know what you're right you know I need to not I need to not do that that's offensive I'm wrong Um, I've been taken to, I've been taken behind the woodshed and whooped a few times myself. All right. Um, and every now and then I'm deserving of another one, uh, because I'm I'm not a perfect person and neither are you. So I hope you'll carry these lessons about forgiveness. I hope it just brings us to an understanding. You know what? Stop expecting perfection from people, children out there, my young listeners, my teenagers, your parents are not perfect. They're not going to be perfect, and if you're looking for one of their failures as a reason to deny Christianity as nothing but hypocrites, that's not it. You need to look to Jesus in your life, because he's the only one that was perfect. Parents, your kids are not perfect. Forgive them. Wives, your husband's not perfect. Husbands, your wife is not perfect. Brothers in Christ, your other brothers in Christ are not perfect. I guess it's news to some people. I guess some places preach sinless perfection. But that's a lie. We're going to be perfected and sinless when we enter into glory. Until then, we just need to live in a way that reflects our appreciation for what God has done in our lives. I hope this lesson today helps you, encourage you to do that. It helps me. Let's pray out because I forgot to pray in. Um, Forgive me for that. Uh, But, you know, again, we've got lesson two on this coming up next week. So I hope you'll tune in. Um, for the next one as well let's pray father thank you lord for this lesson today on forgiveness and uh, as we close out the lesson lord let us take a minute to reflect is there anyone in our lives right now that we need to forgive in our hearts is there somebody that has wronged us in any way lord We want to give that person over to you today, Lord. Um, We don't want to hold anything against them because we're not perfect. Lord, we're the ones that, you know, you forgave me unlimited. You've given me unlimited grace and forgiveness. So I don't want to hold anything against another, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you speak to their hearts, Lord. And whatever the situation is, Lord, we ask that you take care of it. Um, because You're worthy and You have all the wisdom, Lord. When You do things, it's always done the right way because You're perfect in everything that You do. Lord, strengthen our hearts, enlighten our spirits. Um, Help us give to You those things that we try to hold on to, people that have hurt us, things that have happened to us. Um, Help us let it go. Lord, we have the the saying let go and let God Just we just let it go today we cast our cares at your feet and we just ask that you take care of them Lord um, because you'll do a better job with it than we will Lord I pray for everybody that listens to the podcast and um, thank you for them God and uh, they're, they're precious and they're a blessing to me I pray that you'll help them in their daily walk with you Lord strengthen them and guide them direct their steps lord in your word open up the scripture to them help them understand the bible and then help us all apply it to our life lord we love you we thank you for this time we need you and we ask that we'll apply these truths in our life in jesus name amen thank you so much for tuning in again seeking refuge podcast and i will see you next time